The Legal Entrepreneurs Podcast with Reviewed and Cleared. Hi and welcome to the Legal Entrepreneurs Podcast with Reviewed and Cleared. I'm Alex Aldridge, the publisher of Legal Cheek, and with me is David David Burgess, the founder of Reviewed and Cleared. David, um, I've, I've joined you today. Uh, it's a busy Tuesday. You've got you've just come out of a meeting. It seems like lots is going on at the moment in the clearing copy. Yes, it's not. It, unfortunately, it's not clearing copy. It's um, it's more dealing with the business side of things. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, try, trying to find new and interesting ways to get more lawyers to, to come in and join the gang because we, the rest of the consultants are all so busy. Okay, so expanding. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to expand quickly, um, but it's a new challenge. I've talked about it in, in the podcast with other legal entrepreneurs, and it is one of the challenges they face. So obviously very different from the time not so long ago when you were working as a lawyer full-time seems that now you've really shifted to the business side but you know the, the, I suppose that you know going all the way back to when you started as a trainee at Shillings very different challenges. Yes um, I mean starting a trainee at Shillings you're just sort of desperate to get through the day without messing up um, desperate to get through the day without somebody I, I suppose when you're a trainee everything feels like it's the end of the world when anything anything bad happens I certainly had my fair share of end of the world um, but do you know what? It was brilliant. The fact the fact that I could get a training contract at that firm was just amazing. Um, I still have lots of good friends from from it. I think those sort of situations bond people. Um, but yes, it's funny. Even at Shillings, I knew I didn't want to be on that side of the fence. I wanted to be clearing the content. Whenever we had letters from newspaper lawyers like Marcus or um, from Martin uh, or Alistair Brett, we would. I'd secretly be sitting there wishing that I was working for them instead. Okay, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so let's hear, let, let's hear a bit about your kind of career journey that took you to the point where you founded Reviewed and Cleared. And then we'll talk a bit about, you know, as we've touched upon at the beginning of the podcast, some of the challenges involved in running this expanding business. Um, so at Shillings, you basically decided... You want to be a newspaper lawyer, right? So that was that was that was the my plan. secret. That was a dream. Yeah. Um, okay. So how did you go about achieving that? So when I left Shillings, I went to work for MTV. I was the um, compliance lawyer there for for the European channels. Okay. So uh, that is what 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 sort of time is year? Is that, that was two thousand and four. Okay. So that is when like MTV is like a oh, cool MTV thing. Was cool. That, that was what a job for a junior lawyer. Uh, to my get. father-in-law thought I. Was, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was gone to some sort of wasted waste, wasters job, um, but you know I, I got to go to the European Music Awards as the legal advisor. I got to go to LA to do the Xbox launches. I got to be hangover on a Friday and watch uh, hours and hours of The Hills um, in a darkened edit suite. It was brilliant. It was really good. I mean, the interesting thing is, was the legal team were very seen as very uncool. Um, the MTV staff were just achingly cool, and we sort of sat in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so it was it was difficult for someone who was desperate to be liked. Um, but no, it, it was really it was there for two years, and it was brilliant. Uh, the reason I left was the turnover of staff at MTV was so quick. Every six months, that you found yourself giving the same advice every six months. Okay, interesting. Why was that turnover so quick? They're just young and they're cool, and they they wanted on. to go to the next cool job. Okay. And, uh, okay. 
was just a, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just all MTV was constantly working on projects, and it was at the time when MTV was starting to shift from being a music channel to long form programming. You know, we mm. were clearing the likes of Dirty Sanchez and um, what else were we making? We, we made a few uh, sitcoms that didn't work very well, but they were about smoking pot, and it was it was the time they were really just starting to experiment with programming. So it was a really okay. good time to get there and be, become a learn my trade as a compliance lawyer okay. in TV. And then and then moved on from there. Moved on from there, and I went to Hearst Corporation, um, and I was uh, well. I started off just going there to do a mixed job, a general in-house job of contracts, clearance work, that sort of thing. Over the course of seven years, I sort of completely managed to engineer it that I was just clearing content most of the time. Okay. Um, okay. The contract lawyers used to say how generous I was with my work, but really I was just trying to get rid of all the contract work and give it to the, the contract mm-hmm. lawyers. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was there clearing content for seven years. Really ambitious, wanted to move on. So, although I loved working there, sort of kept going for newspaper jobs. Yeah. And that was the next job. <laughs> yeah, I was in an industry. I was in a, a company that was just bought a, a building in New York for 103 million dollars in cash, and then I decided to go to uh, to the world of newspapers where they were losing money hand over fist. <laughs> and my wife, I remember saying, "Is this a good idea?" And I was just so driven to be a newspaper lawyer. I just really just didn't care about anything. I just wanted to get into a that was the dream, right? Yeah, well, it was. And it was, I'd never really shouted it from the rooftops, but I went along, went along quietly trying to get it done. Uh, and eventually, yeah, got a job at the Independent as a, in, their, in their legal department. Okay, so okay. So I finally found my way to the Independent just two and a half years before it went bust. Well, <laughs> before it stopped printing. Well, that was just in time, just <laughs> yeah. in time. Yeah. But, 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 and, and so at the Independent, you became... Dep- you became Deputy General Counsel Editorial, yes. The Independent, Independent Sunday, and The London Evening Standard. Yeah. So, you know, big papers, but I mean, especially The Standard, I mean, that's... Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was, it was all the things you expect. Mm. Subs screaming at you, day, day editors screaming at you, make a decision, make a decision. Mm. You know, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what I started like this TV show that's on at the moment, that, which is... Oh, uh, Press, I haven't, and I haven't seen it. Oh, haven't uh, seen one it, of the consultants emailed <laughs> me last night and said... It's really good. I wish they'd consulted us about it, though. Um, but yeah, I, I've got to watch it. But yes, it was it was it was all the dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, my first day, I walked into the editor's office, and my boss said, "This is David. He's the new lawyer." And he turns around to me and says, "What the fuck do I need another lawyer for?" And that was sort of like, "Okay, this is where we stand in this organisation. You've just got to <laughs> just got to be strong, make your decisions, and stand by them." Another valued member of the team. <laughs> yeah. um, but okay, so you got you get the dream do- job. You've been working up to this through a series of very glamorous media roles. Yes. Yet you decide to, you know, throw all this away, all the copy review that you really enjoy, to yes. just just to go on your own to start your own business. Well. Years ago, when I was at Hearst, we used a guy called Peter Smith, who was he's a really fun lawyer, a really good lawyer. He worked from his shed in Scotland, and every six months he'd come down to London and tell us how brilliant his life was and how he liked to work in his shed. And one night in the pub, I just went to him, when you're selling, just give me a call. Before you call anyone else, give me a call. And it was sort of just a throwaway remark. And then he called me in January 2013 and said, I'm done, I'm out. I want to sell, what, what do you think? 
And he just caught me where I was doing the evening standard shift, which started at seven through till 10 or one. Um, and then staying late to do the seven till 10 independent shift. Mm. And I'd had, we just had a second kid as well. Um, and I was not just not seeing the kids at all. I mean, mm. they didn't notice because they were tiny, but you know, you're in the fresh stages of fatherhood and trying to be a brilliant father. <laughs> uh, and I was, I had gone about a month without seeing them. And so when Peter called me, I thought, you know what? I, I, I love this. I love the job at the independent. I couldn't, couldn't say I left because I didn't want want the job anymore. But I thought this is a chance. This is a chance to do something different. Okay, okay. Yeah. So le- left the indie and what, so with this business, you you bought the business from Peter. Peter yeah. Right? Um, well, we went to the pub and we sat down for a few hours. I spilt a drink over the contract, um, and we came up with a way in which I pay him every year. Okay. Depending on how the business is going, okay, he's happy with that. Uh, he's he emails me regularly to tell me how amazing his life is in retirement now. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's how it worked out. And you, but you rebranded it. We re- I rebranded it. Peter had a very personal um, business. He didn't care about growing it. He didn't. He was just happy to get his money sitting in his shed and doing the work. Whereas I'd been through two redundancy rounds at Hearst. Nothing came of it, but I remember toodling into work one morning, happy as Larry. Then everybody in the company's called into a room and said, everybody's job's up for uh, redundancy. It hit me, it hit me, and you can call me naive or stupid, but that's the first time in my life I've really thought, God, I have no power over my life at all. Uh, I, I can make buy, buy houses buy cars all on the basis that I'll have this job for the next six years mm. and then the week after I buy a house someone could march me into an office and say sorry David you're out um, so I felt that I needed rather than just sitting on, on Peter's clients nine clients he gave me I needed to ensure against just getting a call and someone saying thank you David but we're taking it back in house or we're closing or that sort of thing I mean, yeah. with media Nothing stays the same. Peter did the right stuff for 15 years. I did it for five years. But if I'd put all my eggs in the right stuff basket, then this year would have shown that you can't do that. Mm. Uh, Matthew leaving and then becoming Jeremy Vine and then changing their filming times just meant that we couldn't carry on doing it. So you you expanded? Expanded. It was me for a couple of years, um, doing really well, getting more and more. And then uh, Wigan came along, Carolina Wigan came you, along. Just, so you were working from home? Working from home, yeah. uh, sitting in clients' offices as well. Okay. Uh, I borrowed, I, I took, we sold our house just as I was leaving the independent and I took 10 grand out of that to, to fund the business. Okay. Um, doing all the SRA fees and all that. So mm. it, it was really started with 10 grand. Miscalculated my last wages, had to borrow three grand off my dad to... Uh, to get meet the mortgage payments, um, I'm not painting myself in a brilliant light, but yeah, it was just it was, and then we were sort of taking money out of the tax account to pay to to live, um, and it took about a year to get back on it on an even keel, which okay. I, I guess everybody has to expect. That's what's going to happen when you start a business. So, but, but but essentially, it's going well. You've got the clients, building it up, and then and then Wigan coming. Wigan come along, and Caroline. Goes for, we go for coffee. I knew Caroline Keane from my days at the Independent. And Caroline 
we, we sort of met with the idea of a referral agreement. I'm not interested in doing any litigation. Reviewed and Cleared doesn't do any litigation. I also knew that I was starting to take clients off firms like Caroline. Um, I was doing it cheaper. I was, I was more responsive because they were my clients and I was doing everything I can to keep them happy. Um, Caroline, being Caroline, she, she, you know, she always come up with new ideas. She said, let's do something different to a referral agreement. They're just, they're, they never really work. Uh, and we started to talk about Wigan investing in Reviewed and Cleared. And it works perfectly. Wigan, Reviewed and Cleared have turned all of Wigan's loss leading work, where they cleared content for big clients so they can keep hold of those clients for all the big ticket mm-hmm. work. They were losing money on it. What we've done is we've turned that into a profitable business. Wigan still retain um, links and control of the clients yeah. because Reviewed and Cleared are part owned by... Um, Wigan, so we work very collaboratively. So they put kind of investor money in. They put a little bit of money in. They gave me a marketing budget. They they put me on all their central functions. Um, So I I cut costs right through the middle of the business, which enabled me to start thinking about, okay, now we're running a really good rate. I can start to think about other people to join. So then... I started to look around for other people to join. And Louise Heyman, who was my old boss at the Independent, when the, the Independent legal team were made redundant, yeah. called me and said, I'm going to start my own firm. You know, what sort of things do I have to do? And I said, give me 10 minutes. Called Caroline and said, listen, this is a, this is a chance, this is an opportunity, let's start growing it. We brought Louise in. Right. Um, and it's sort of grown from there. Then we brought Felicity in. Uh, it's, it's, it's growing and growing. I think we're at nine now. Uh, two more joining before Christmas. Um, the work is just, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful in the way it works. And the, the, the more lawyers we have, the more work is created, the more those lawyers can make money from each other, the more we can all make money, and the more you can service clients on a larger basis. You have to understand that this world was run by, the lawyers were all Peter Smiths. They were all in their shed. They were all working from home. They were all trying to have a life around this, uh, you know, when you wanted to go on holiday. Uh, and people had to ring them and sort of beg them to fit them in. And we've flipped it around. We've yeah. professionalised what was a cottage industry. And I'm interested about the profitability point because you know you say this copy review work was it was a loss leader for Wigan. Yeah. And you've turned that around to make it profitable. How have you done that? So our overheads are tiny. You know, every consultant has their computer wherever they want to sit. Um, we have systems set up where copy just flows through central places mm-hmm. um so really when you're talking about overheads you're talking what are you talking about yep. print costs is probably the highest cost i had in the first couple of years okay we're all experienced plus 15 year qualified lawyers plus 20 year qualified lawyers um i can charge myself at a much lower rate than someone like caroline who has other partners to answer to mm-hmm. lots more costs um so i can strip all costs out and it yeah. really becomes much more profitable, even at lower rates, for an experienced lawyer to do this work. Now, the way law firms would do it, traditionally, would they have one and two year qualifieds doing it, who are then checked by the partner. And you've got the one and two year qualified taking an enormous amount of time because they're nervous mm-hmm. and they don't understand what they're doing. Um, then being checked by the partner, which is time and money. And this all adds up. Mm-hmm. Um, even just two people looking at one article becomes expensive, whereas our consultants can go through one article and get it cleared in 10 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, we, we turn content over, and that's how we make it profitable. 
And do you foresee in the future kind of creating any opportunities for one to two qualified lawyers or, or ju- you know, more broadly junior lawyers, or is that not your model? No, I your, do, and mm-hmm. I, I really do, but not one to two. It would be, I'm looking in the five to ten year PQE. I still need people who are entrepreneurs. I still need yeah. people who want to take a risk. We don't, we're, we're getting there, but I'm not in a position where I can guarantee you a yearly income. But what I can guarantee you is a good flow of work and a really solid platform to create a practice. Yeah. So it's fi- finding the, it's much, much more difficult than just putting out a job interview. You have to find the right person. And this, 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 this delicate mix in the consultants. Um, and we act like a cooperative in the main. We, we all have a, a view on lawyers and we all make it, let each other know. Um, so finding the right individual... It, look, if there's somebody who's five to six years qualified who's been doing nothing but content clearance, then you know they're as good as a ten-year qualified who's had it as part of their practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we take each individual as it comes, but uh, no, I certainly wouldn't rule out people, much younger lawyers. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. The problem is when you get to where I'm at, you, you become less aware because I'm not in a firm who are bringing mm-hmm. through lawyers. You become less aware of what young lawyers are out there. Yeah, and and you, but your lawyers who you've got working. Reviewed and clear, they're, they're all over the place. Then, so you, you know, like yes. Alex Wade, who's, who's who's legal cheeks lawyer through reviewed and cleared. Yes, is is Dan in Cornwall? Yes. big big surfer, and he's yes. good. and then you've got you say you've got a lawyer abroad. Crash, yeah. who was head of legal at Channel Four for twenty odd years. Um, he's in Sydney. Um, Sean is in Surrey. Uh, I mean, it's so flexible. Alex worked from the South of France for a week last week, mm. and nobody even noticed that he wasn't sitting at his normal desk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so, it's, so that's the then no doubt, of course, that, that appeals to the, the lawyers. I don't see how it couldn't. It's just getting people to understand that this that all they really need is a laptop, yeah, and a Wi-Fi connection. But from your side of things, you need to be in London, basically, in the mix, sort of dealing with the clients. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I have a lot of. I spend time a lot of time in London. Um, I work from home the majority of the time, but you know, I, I have, every consultant has a base at Wigan. We have desks here, we have the space here for meetings and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of time spent talking to clients, talking to prospective clients. Yeah. The problem, the biggest problem, has never been reviewed and cleared doing the work or getting the work. The problem has been letting people know we exist. Right. Right. So, so is marketing. Yes. Essentially. Yes. And Which is another time-consuming element of, of your life. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, how have you done that? How have you learned? Well, joining forces with Wigan has been really useful in that um, they have a marketing department and they have lots of good ideas. Mm. Alex Wade does huge amounts. You know, he's a writer as well and he, there's a writer of Rude and Cleared in the Gazette this morning, which is, you know, it's great news. Um, for us, it's twofold. Look, I, I'm starting to concentrate on getting into legal press and letting lawyers know that this life exists. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I've got to get out into the media press and let clients know that this firm exists. Mm. So uh, a two-pronged approach. Okay, okay. So, so all like very, very different from you know, like your day-to-day life now. Totally different from yes. a few years ago. And I've got to say, my day-to-day life has changed. Ch- changes every six months with we with our growth I mean what tends to happen is we all get so busy that we can't cope anymore we get a new consultant in it eases off for a month and then you fill your time with marketing and getting more consultants and 
thinking about other things. Uh, and then you six months later, that's all worked. So you're getting more work in and then mm. everybody's panicking again because they've got too much work. And then you have to get another consultant in. To, uh, so the cycle continues. The cycle continues. And I'd love to just get like 10 consultants in and say, right, you're all really going to be quiet for six months, but give me, give me six months. But it's not fair to do that. Mm. Um, but you can get the right people who think, you know what, I know... I've been doing this for 10 years. I know the right people. I can get at least two clients that will keep me going. Mm. Do you miss the copy review thing? Because you know, that was your passion. Yes. Look, I still, I still, a couple of hours a day, I'm still doing it. Um, what I tend to miss is the real long involvement pieces, mm. you know, where you spend a good four or five hours working on it. That tends to go to the consultants rather than to me now. Alex really enjoys that. Um, I miss that a little bit, but sometimes I'll pick one out and do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Aziz and Zari one was the last one that I really spent the entire weekend working on. Okay. Aziz and Zari were babe.com publisher. Yeah. Essentially, what was a bad, he would say it was a bad date. The the woman involved said he acted inappropriately in a sexual manner. I I know, I read that. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of my clients. Okay, okay. He broke that story. And I think that story changed the course of Me Too. Uh, I think it changed from, uh, it's oh, isn't it terrible these women are being sexually assaulted to, mm. oh, isn't it terrible that these women aren't being treated properly? Mm. Um, it was really interesting to legal. Because you have to, I mean, you have your own, you have your own thoughts on things. And with Babe.com, it's really young, incredible writers working on it. And, mm. and, and it was really interesting to work on. So, yeah, sometimes I get involved. I mean, that was on a Friday night. I didn't really have much choice. I couldn't call <laughs> any consultants. Um, but it, it's, it's good to keep your hand in. So, that, so obviously, you know, doing something like that on a Friday night, I, kind of, I suppose, sums up the kind of all-consuming nature of starting your own business in that, you know... Who else is going to do it on a Friday night? And I guess things like that do kind of... Is it, have you been working very hard, essentially? Yes, I can't, I can't escape it. Um, yeah. Every time a consultant comes in, it seems like my wife and I have spent two months arguing about time spent working. Okay. Um, it's, it's inescapable. I just don't think you can start up a business and not expect your first seven years to disappear. Right, so it's real hard graft. I mean, you would, yeah. I'm sure you'd say the same. No, I, absolutely, I, I can... And relate to that, yeah. I just, if you're going in thinking I'll start the business, look, this, I'm starting, I'm running a business. For example, the consultants coming in, they can actually work as much as they like. There's one or two consultants who just use it to get as much money as they need, mm. which is fine. Uh, for me, I'm trying to grow and build a business, and for that, I think you have to be all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, that's, that's one element of willingness to, to work hard, and I suppose lawyers tend to be you know relatively hard-working types but I think you know other parts of the typical lawyer mindset don't necessarily cons- correspond with a typical entrepreneur mindset no, no. Um, do, you, do you think make, lawyers make good entrepreneurs I think once freed of shackles of their training and their professional life I mm. think they do Okay. Um, but making that leap, I've seen firsthand with our consultants, can be difficult sometimes. So, so what, what, why is that difficult? Look, we're all trapped in... When, when, you, when you 
when you're a lawyer, you get reasonably well paid, some more than others, but you, you're trapped in your monthly payment cycle. People sure. tend to live slightly beyond their means, and um, it, that's difficult to, to to even consider giving giving up a secure income. That's difficult to do, and lawyers are particularly trapped on that. Um, I think often more junior, when you get to partner stage, then you have to go out and you have to, you're basically running your own business there anyway, it, 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 in any other name. You know, you're going out and you're getting clients and you're managing people, it's the same thing. Mm. So convincing a partner or a head of legal to join us has been quite easy. Yeah. Convincing a more junior lawyer is more difficult. Okay, okay. So what about though the, the kind of, the lawyer's stereotypical tendency towards being risk averse and also very focused on, on detail. Do you think that can hold? I back? think the profession attracts those people. Yeah. Um, I would say in my experience, you can meet entre legal entrepreneurs and people terrified of their own shadow in the same room in any firm or any in-house department. Mm. Um, and each brings different skills to it. I mean, I'd say that those lawyers are definitely needed, but there is, especially within house lawyers, I think there's a need for a more practical approach to law. Okay. We can all sit there and advise our client about the three million things that could go wrong. But for me, and this is the practice we try to bring into Review and Cleared, is we are risk assessors. Mm -hmm more than lawyers we know the law our clients don't need to know the law unless they ask we just need to tell them what the risks of what they want to do are okay and, and just looking at it as a sort of wider business perspective you come in as a kind of disruptive business um a lot of talk now in the legal sector about disruption new technology new ways of working do you think we're kind of on a cusp of, of where we're change where you might be getting some creative destruction. I do, I do. And I think we are disruptive. And I think, I, I love that we are. And I love that I can march into meetings with potential clients and ask them why on earth they're using old firms. Mm. Um, you know, you might feel comfortable really when you look at what you're doing, why you're doing it. Uh, and, and on the other hand, the disruptive nature of how people work now, we're all looking for a different way of living I personally didn't want to sit in a law firm for my entire life until 10 o'clock at night every night, just being tired and unhealthy. Um, what I'm finding is, and do you know what? I, I, I won't say this was some sort of master plan, but what I'm finding is that Review and Clear is actually offering lawyers a better way. Um, women who've had children, um, men who look after their children, people who look after elderly parents, people who just don't want to go and cycle for an afternoon rather than work. Mm. We're offering them good quality work, good money, and a new way of living. And I, 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 it's completely by accident. I, 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 just, I was trying to find the most streamlined way to make me work at home. Yeah. And what's happened is I've discovered this way of working on a much larger scale that works, that I haven't met a single client doesn't work for. There are some clients who are insistent they need a lawyer on the floor they don't they're mm. insistent they need a lawyer to talk to face to face they don't mm. um everything can be done remotely mm. 
No, it's true. Because I, I was always, I'm quite sceptical of remote working in some ways. Um, and I think with the news team, you need them together, sort of bouncing up, up ideas. Absolutely. But the way it works with getting copy cleared, that's it's almost kind of separate. Um, and and um, yeah, that, that's certainly something I've noticed. Just to be almost out of time, just, just want to finish off with a, a few personal reflections. So kind of looking back um, on this journey that you've been on, um, anything you'd have kind of done differently, so advising potential legal entrepreneurs about to embark on their own uh, adventures. Yeah, there were the, the, see, I'm sort of like gung-ho. I, I don't know whether lawyers basically should be like that, but I would just say I'm doing something, then fix things as I was sort of building the car as I was driving it, sort yeah. of thing. Um, there's a lot of lawyers who want to build the car before they start driving, and I think you'll end up just a year down the line not doing anything. Mm. Um I'd say there's nothing wrong with building the car while you're driving it, but be prepared that things won't work <laughs> and you might crash sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I spoke to Dana, who was really, really just so much brighter than I am, but even just setting up a business, it, it's difficult. Just the nuts and bolts of paying your VAT and when you pay your VAT and what you pay your VAT on, you know... <laughs> It's difficult, uh, and you will get shocks. And uh, the one thing I'd say is always keep as much money aside for, for financial shocks, uh, whether that be VAT, whether that be corporation tax, or whether that be your printer breaking down. Yeah, yeah. I could totally relate. And somebody to that. has to fix the cost of printer cartridges, frankly, because it's unbelievable. <laughs> you should be doing everything for that, surely. I am mainly. I am mainly. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, David, it's been a pleasure to, to chat. Thank you, Alex. um, And do join us again for for the next uh, Legal Entrepreneurs podcast.